This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the AMVA community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AmvaCast, everyone. Uh, this week, I am coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where we are completing our annual fall meeting of our three standing committees, driver, vehicle, law enforcement committees. And so I'm here with leadership from each of the committees. I have the uh, chair of the driver committee, Ben Mitchell from Colorado. I've got our chair of our law enforcement committee, Kevin Brogdon from Tennessee, and the vice chair of our vehicle committee, Bernard Soriano from California. Gentlemen, welcome to the AmbiCast. Particularly, I think uh, Ben and Kevin, you're our first time on the AmbiCast, right? And yeah. uh, Bernard, welcome back. Thanks. Thank you, Ian. Glad right. to be here. Yeah. Back here. Yeah. So, um, uh, Recently, the committees uh, repeat, um, completed another annual cycle. Uh, we've got some great videos on the AMVA website for folks to go and look at about what the committees have done. We've had previous podcast episodes around the different deliverables. But, you know, this meeting at the start of AMVA's fiscal year um, is a real important time where the committees take a look at, you know, well, what's coming ahead? What do we want to accomplish this fiscal year? And so that's really what I want to talk to the three of you about are what are the the new priorities the members know about what's been delivered and what's been completed what they don't always know about was well what else is in the works what's what's coming soon um you know bernard i'm gonna put you on the spot since you are the returning guest you probably have the most comfort here you know though though um i know uh you know ben and kevin are gonna jump right in but you know vehicles always has to go last because we go in alphabetical order so often so we're gonna let you go first and let, let's talk about the vehicle committee and what What's on tap for this uh, coming thank year? You. So we finally get some love with the vehicle committee. That's right. <laughs> well, um, we've got quite a few things that are on the plate for the next year. One of the things, first and foremost, is our e-titling working group uh, received uh, approval from the board to move forward and make some revisions along with the help of a consultant. So we'll be, uh, we'll be looking forward to having that working group complete their work. In addition, um, the vehicle committee is going to be working with our friends over at the law enforcement committee with the uh, revision of the uh, license plate standard. And that standard is going to be looking at additional things like temporary tags and uh, uh, new types of uh, registration products like of uh, digital license plates and things of that nature. So we're so, really looking forward to that. You know, you know, I'm going to stop you guys as we go here because, like, you know, that's a it's a new working group. I know we recently put out an announcement looking for some members to apply to be part of the group. Uh, the current standard addresses a little bit on some of those type of uh, license plate materials, uh, but we're going to dive deeper and talk a little bit differently, and also on the registration piece. I know there's some stuff in the standard now around temp temporary documents, but where is this different? Yeah, so, you know, that's a good point, because that license plate standard is one that was very much rooted in in the aluminum world where you have you know the the typical dimensions of a license plate the readability of a license plate things of that nature with the new technologies that are coming out that standard is rightly so going to be evolving to encompass what are the relevant measures that really matter for a license plate and really matter to the people who rely on the license plate 
law enforcement, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, uh, the, the license plate is there for a reason, and it is to identify that particular vehicle. And, and all the ancillary things around that identification um, come into play. So we'll be, uh, we'll be working again with our law enforcement friends and the, um, in developing that standard. And I think in giving some additional guidance, particularly around those alternative materials that we're seeing pop up more and more, whether that's digital, the adhesive products, there's all sorts of creativity out there. Absolutely. Yeah. All of those new things that are coming forth that we really didn't think of in the past. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Of course, I have to talk about automated vehicles. Of course. <laughs> we wouldn't have Bernard Suriano on a podcast if automated vehicles wasn't, wasn't mentioned. And so that uh, the automated vehicles sub committee will be moving forward with edition four of its best practice yeah. and that will uh, move forward uh, encompassing the heavy-duty vehicles mm. uh, looking more at the commercial vehicle commercial world. vehicle yeah. world exactly because there's a lot of efforts and a lot of um, uh, movement in that space mm -hmm. and so rightly so we uh, we should follow suit and uh, move forward with our best practices so looking forward to to those two yeah. items as far as the committee itself is mm -hmm. concerned we just finished a round of, um, of committee meetings and we discussed several things like the um, digital uh, or I should say e-titling mm -hmm. and how that can merge with the uh, digital trust uh, service that oh, will be moving forward. Um, digital titles are something that, you know, we see in the future is going to be replacing paper titles. Mm -hmm. It'll be a while. Sure. Uh, and so we also had a discussion about paper titles and how paper titles can be signed. And it turns out that it looks like NHTSA is, in, is supportive of having uh, a digitized signature on paper titles. So we'll be moving forward with guidance on those electronic signatures with regard to paper titles. And then we're also um, re-looking at the best practices for junk and salvage titles. Oh, okay. And how all of those need to be handled. In the mm -hmm. old world, those titles need to be turned into the DMV for destruction. Mm. And really, does, does that effort still need to be taken on by the DMV? when it can be done in, you know, uh, much more efficient manner. So we'll be looking at those things as well as a whole slew of other activities that the vehicle committee is really looking forward to moving forward with. Great, great. Um, on the automated vehicles, I want to go back to one point. Sure. I think it's exciting that as we focus on the commercial vehicles, we're kind of doubling down. We already have a great partnership and a stakeholder on commercial vehicles, but we're really, you know, focusing our efforts even deeper with CVSA. I was wondering if you could just tell a little bit yeah, more about that's, that. Yeah, that's right. And I, I failed to mention that when I first brought it up, but CVSA is a valued partner. And they've, uh, they've moved forward and said, we would be available to help you with the revision, with revision four. So we are really, we welcome that. Mm -hmm. And we're really looking forward to working closely with them yeah. because they, they will be able to provide some very valuable insight onto what the best practices should encompass. Great. Well, certainly mm -hmm. mention of CVSA is a good bridge to, you know, other law enforcement topics where CVSA is, you know, the law enforcement end of commercial vehicle enforcement. So, Kevin, talk to us a little bit about what else the law enforcement committee is going to be looking at in this, this coming year. Uh, <clears throat> 2023, the law enforcement committee, uh, they're going to oversee uh, two initiatives approved by the board. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one's going to be the update to the 2018 interlock Ignition Interlock Program uh, Best Practice Guide. Mm -hmm. The Ignition Interlock Working Group uh, will also focus on identifying a long-term 
solution for the reciprocity uh, challenges associated with the interlock. Mm. Yes, that, that's a particularly that's an exciting part of that one because we've talked, you know, I think many years around. Uh, while the previous best practice really allows jurisdictions to create their best in practice programs, that restriction doesn't necessarily get recognized if that person moves from another state. They don't know what to do with it. So I think that's an interesting piece that we're going to be able to dive deeper on the reciprocity part of that. Yes, I mean right now there's there's really no guidance mm -hmm. from one part to the other part yeah. so that's gonna be interesting to look into and, and see what comes of that uh, in the upcoming year great uh, the other one is uh, working with the vehicle committee uh, like Bernard said with the license plate standard mm -hmm. uh, emphasis on the temporary license plates and the uh, digital license plates mm -hmm. uh, for the law enforcement you know our our biggest goal is to be able to read the license plate mm. uh, Vehicles are, are used a lot committing crimes. So with the technology out there, if we cannot read the license plates, then we cannot do our job efficiently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we need to be able to read the license plates, uh, know exactly where that vehicle comes back to, to be able to solve that crime that has been committed. Yeah, and it's a real good example of very fundamentally the nexus of the DMV and the law enforcement worlds of where, you know, to do on-the-road law enforcement, regardless of what agency that law enforcement officer is from, they're relying on that data that the DMV holds, collects, and transmit. It's really a, another great, you know, we talk a lot about relying on the data in the driver licensing world, but it is, you know, just as critical on that vehicle identification side. Yes. Yeah. And when you talk about reading plates, I would imagine you're, you know, we talk about reading plates, but we're we're talking about both reading by the human eye and with the, automated technology as well. The license plate readers also. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, the design of the license plate from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Uh, what's on the tag? Um, how it reflects in the daylight versus the night mm -hmm. versus the angles. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's being testing done. That's going to benefit the readability of the of the plates uh the digital plates there's also technology with that um which has got a lot of stuff's got to be ironed out to be able to be able to read it to benefit law enforcement yeah but also to benefit the owner of the vehicle also huh. interesting great what anything else in the law enforcement uh look ahead <clears throat> Oh, that's the, that's the main those, two Those are the today. big ones, yeah. And so when you guys have met this week, what are the other, you know, even if it's not like a, a project that's necessarily in the works, are there any other, you know, big themes or conversations that you're hearing from the law enforcement committee, uh, you know, in terms of the shared challenges or things that are keeping the law enforcement members up at night, so to speak? Uh, the, we discussed uh, with the board, uh, not with the board, with the committee, the, the last two days, uh, one of the biggest ones we brought up was the uh, driving while impaired. Mm, mm -hmm. uh, some changes being done by national groups of lowering the percentage of alcohol. Okay, yeah. Uh, normally, uh, currently it's uh, 0 .08. Mm -hmm. uh, NTSB is talking about lowering it to 0 point, 0 0.05 mm -hmm. uh, as a national standard. Right, yeah. Any, you know, initial feedback that members, you know, 
think that that's something that might might happen or it's more of that conversation i know i believe utah is the only state currently that has adopted that as the new as the new standard correct yes sir yeah. that is correct yeah so it'll be interesting to see if other states show interest in wanting to to adjust to that yes sir yeah, yeah very good all right well let's talk about uh, bad drivers there a little bit ben yeah thanks for having me ian <clears throat> so we've got a lot of things that are happening in uh, the driver committee this year as you know, the CDL test modernization effort, that was approved by FMCSA. Mm -hmm. and so we've uh, completed the updates to the manuals and the training materials are ready to go. So we've got some sessions coming up in 2023. Um, and there's one train, the trainer session um, coming up as well. So we're going to be training uh, both those that are um, just receiving that information, but also the, those that are training the information as well. So that's one thing. Uh, the SIDLIS Working Group, they're focusing on uh, the ELDT, of course, and specifically the drug and alcohol clearinghouse changes that are coming, so mm. there's work there. Uh, we have an F FMCSA grant this year. Uh, there'll be a new focus on uh, human trafficking and the new mandate, and of course, there's we, we always need to be shining the light on that human trafficking problem. It's it's something that doesn't get enough attention, and mm -hmm. it's it's something that our industry can can participate in and reduce. And I think that that project, um, I think, has a lot to do with the the requirement that it's a if there's a conviction, there's a lifetime disqualification, Correct. and yep. it has to do with maybe providing some guidance. Uh, I'm not sure that all licensing agencies know about those new processes, those new rules, and the new licensing actions that have to happen. Yeah, that's right. It's a CDL uh, requirement that certain types of uh, human trafficking violations would result in the lifetime loss of their CDL privilege. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we're doing some work there. Uh, the test maintenance subcommittee, IDEC board, they're working on new updates uh, having to do with sharing the road, uh, working on marijuana opioids and the move over laws. Mm. Um, and then we've got some work uh, that's coming up here with uh, continued work on the emergency resiliency response working group. They're working on that readiness checklist. But during our, our, our session over the last couple of days, we've had a couple uh, meetings here at the, at the standing committees and uh, a couple topics that are coming up here for the future, of course, mo mobile driver licenses, top of the list. That's something that continues to be uh, in motion. And we've got several states that are that are mm -hmm. deploying things here in the near future. So we're uh, talking about how to continue stakeholdering and getting adoption rates out there and involving mm -hmm. the industry mm -hmm. uh, to talk about those uh, those issues. And uh, that was a really great discussion from members. And there seems to be a lot of uh, excitement and energy about mobile driver license. Um, I think something that we spent a lot of time on talking about, though, um, I know Kevin had talked about impaired driving, but, you know, serious bodily injuries and fatal crashes are up across the nation. And so that was a, a highlight of our conversation as well. And working with the law enforcement committee in the future and other stakeholders to try to do what we can to reduce uh, those injuries and fatalities is top of mind as well. Um, a couple other topics that came up. We are talking about... Um, um, just like Kevin was saying, we're going to be partnering with the law enforcement community uh, committee on the uh, interlock ignition uh, ignition interlock device reciprocity mm -hmm. and best practices. We're going to revisit that and provide some updates there. So we're excited about that. Um, that is something um, that we spent a lot of time with in the community in the committee meeting talking about. Um, some of the issues with the indicators in the system, you've got the T indicator and mm -hmm. the J and the I and some of those other ones. And the same discussion came up, Kevin, like you had, that there's still some, some room for improvement there for how we will uh, roll that out with the reciprocity. Um, another thing that came up in our committees was uh, a talk about the continued um, 
emphasis on the DHR and the state-to-state -state oh, deployment yeah. that's coming up. Um, and some of the workloads that might be associated with the DHR, driver history record. Um, when those states receive those records from other states, uh, they'll have the option to take action based on the information that's coming to them. So uh, we're going to be working on um, trying to shape and understand what those things are and communicating out to uh, the different jurisdictions what the options are when you see that, that um, driver history record come your way and uh, how that uh, relates to PDPS and the National Driver Register. Mm. Um, you know, one being conviction-based for the PDPS, and right. obviously the the S two, the state to state, and the DHR is about the credential issuance. So that was a, a large conversation. Well, and in, in DHR, you know, is also about transmitting the conviction, but it may not be a conviction that gets sent to NDR. Correct. Right? So there, it, it would be all convictions as opposed to just the ones that are reportable to NDR. And then when you talk about the action that a state could take when they receive it. Um, that could also have to do with whether or not they're a member of the compact, right? Because if they're a member of the driver license compact, it's not an option. They're supposed to take certain action when That's they right. receive that yep. versus a state that is a non-compact state but on DHR. Correct. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of information that's coming at these jurisdictions, and they'll be deciding how they're going to be yeah. uh, implementing what they're seeing in their, those records based on their compact status and also um, you know, whether or not it's a major highway traffic offense versus just a standard uh, suspension or revocation right. or conviction in in that jurisdiction that doesn't live anywhere else right so yeah so busy year in front of us yeah yeah that, that's great so i uh, appreciate kind of that that uh, the lookout and, and the overview um, i'm also curious you know there are committees and all our working groups are you know what we refer to as volunteer member opportunities and i'm curious from the three of your perspectives you know why why did you choose to raise your hand and say, hey, I want to be on these groups and let alone now be in the leadership role and, you know, kind of what it what it means to, to play that part? Ben, you, you, look, you look pretty excited there to want yeah, to well, maybe I mean, answer that first. Go for I, it. I'd love to. I, I've participated in a few of the working groups uh, throughout the years. I've been in state government for 23 years, 12 of those with the state of Colorado and the DMV. Um, and this is a special place to be a part of the ANVA committees. Um, you, you see a concept turn to discussion turn to formal action and then a result. Mm. And when you're a part of that from the beginning to the end, that is something special. And so uh, as a member participant and then being vice chair, I saw this as an opportunity to become more involved. And of course, it was easy for me to, to throw my hat in and say, please consider me. And I'm very happy to be here. You know, Ian, I'd, I'd like to echo what, uh, what Ben said, because it's very similar for me. It's, um, it was an opportunity to to really influence how we can have a voice at the national level. Right? It's being able to have ANVA develop best practices on a variety of different issues that affect all of us. And while you know there are individual states that do things in their individual ways, mm -hmm. uh, we still all need to interact with each other. Vehicles are driving from here to Colorado to all the way across the country. And, uh, and we need to ensure that, you know, we, we understand what the different laws are and we're able to have some continuity so that we can still uh, interact uh, with each other yeah. and still keep the, uh, the, the themes there. We're safe drivers, for instance. Yeah. And so really, um, really enjoyed uh, being able to participate and uh, to be able to, to at least help drive the conversation is a real privilege. Now, Bernard, while you're sitting here as vice chair of the vehicle committee, you've also decided to take off 
a leadership hat recently. Yeah, I have. Um, with the Automated Vehicle Subcommittee, uh, I had the privilege of being the chair since its inception, and six years ago. Yeah. And uh, I just felt that uh, with uh, so many other uh, uh, responsibilities that I had, uh, I wasn't able to devote as much time to that subcommittee as it deserves. And so I felt also that there are other states that are moving forward with automated vehicles, and they're also best positioned to, to step into various leadership roles. Uh, so I um, volunteered to you know, see if someone else could take He's over, it, yeah. and uh, very, very happy that Nanette uh, Shakey from Maryland uh, said she would be interested. So she's the new chair of the Automated Vehicles Subcommittee. But California's still involved yeah. because the vice chair is uh, Dave Jenkins from our Highway Patrol. Yeah. So for the first time, we have someone from the law enforcement community in that leadership position oh, yeah. as well. Excellent. So, um, but I am still and you're part. you're still involved. Still still involved, but Norton's still going to be involved. <laughs> I'll still be on that subcommittee. And, uh, but, uh, you know, really looking forward to continuing uh, on that subcommittee. More of a conciliary <laughs> than, the, than, the, than the chair. <laughs> and still being, uh, you know, having a voice there. So, Excellent. Again, really appreciate having the opportunity to, to be on these uh, committees yeah. and subcommittees. And I would encourage others to, to step up sure. if, they, uh, if they have the opportunity and, and want to do so. Yeah. yeah. Kevin, what, what's your story in terms of getting, getting involved with AMVA? I got involved with AMVA. Um, now my manager uh, was part of AMVA uh, for four years previous to me coming to AMVA. Mm -hmm. uh, the information that I learned from him um, regarding resources, um, the information uh, that was available between driver, the vehicle, and law enforcement. Uh, me working for Department of Revenue, um, you try to have a relationship with law enforcement. Um, to get the job done together. Mm -hmm. uh, I've worked law enforcement for 10 years, uh, and now I've worked at Department of Revenue on my 10th year. And it's uh, ironic that I'm on the law enforcement committee. Uh, the mission statement is inspires collaboration between the DMV and law enforcement. Uh, and that's exactly what I can see both sides of it. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I've not worked the streets uh, as law enforcement in several years. And the technology has changed, the laws have changed. So it's it's interesting to see that part, but it's also interesting to see the investigation side on the fraud. Yeah. And how it uh, goes from one state to the other. Uh, by being a part of ANVA, you meet people, you make relationships. Uh, and when you see a trend going from one jurisdiction to the other, then you've got resources to be able to help other jurisdictions or help your own jurisdictions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it don't stop at state lines. Yeah. You know, and, you know, guys, uh, Kevin makes another interesting point when he talks about the uh, mission statement of the committee, the collaboration. You know, it also makes me realize, even though we sit here as a driver vehicle law enforcement committee, those traditional definitions are, you know, becoming blurrier and blurrier every every day. And are you finding that, you know, there's more of this crossover committee conversation? I mean, even in your, you know, kind of mini reports here, you each talked about the vehicle committee is going to partner with the law enforcement committee on license plate. Law enforcement is going to partner with driver on ignition interlock. Driver's talking to vehicle about automated vehicles because, you know, it's all in one. You know, how, how do you see this continuing to evolve as those silos continue to break down? Well, you know, you're right, is that 
while we do have a law enforcement subcommittee, we do have a vehicle standing subcommittee or committee and a, a driver standing committee. What we do affects everybody else. And as, we, as we're moving forward, that becomes even more highlighted. You know, as an example, we were talking about uh, mobile driver licenses mm -hmm. and how mobile driver licenses are going to be used and how will law enforcement use them. And the extension of that mobile driver license is that digital, uh, digital trust, mm -hmm. right? And the identification of an individual. That lends very nicely into e-titling mm -hmm. and the identification of that vehicle, the ownership document of that vehicle. I can see just a very simple example of one where all three of us are going to be very much involved. There are many others mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I would add to that and say that uh, over the years that I've been a part of ANVA, I've seen uh, just improvement of the communication between the committees and the different disciplines. And uh, the thing that I appreciate, just like Bernard was saying, was there's crossover in almost everything that we do, but also in and almost everything we do, there's this, the same themes. It's customer service, it's excellence, it's identity and theft, you know, uh, identity theft and fraud protection measures. And the more we communicate uh, across these boundaries, the blurrier those lines get, and the yeah. better our products to our, our customers are. So, I think Anva does a great job providing the framework for that communication, and I think that um, over time it's only going to improve. So, I, I'm just I have nothing but praise for the way that the communication is happening between the disciplines. Excellent. Great. I agree. Well, a little praise for Anva is always a good way to finish an episode. I can't, I can't say no. I can't say no to that. Well, gentlemen, thanks for spending some time with me today. Um, I'll remind our listeners to visit Anva.org to continue to get updates on the committees, the progress, the new products that will be coming out, um, and want to. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to our listeners for joining this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. 